The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This is Giles Milton, host of the Unknown History Podcast, and you're listening to a special mini-series from historian Tom Clavin on Wild Bill Hickok. Hi, I'm Tom Clave, and this is part three of Wild Bill, the friendship of Buffalo Bill and Wild Bill. They were the two most famous plainsmen of the American West, and they shared the same first name. Well, sort of. William Cody came to be known as Buffalo Bill, and James Butler Hickok came to be known as Wild Bill. Hickok hailed from Illinois and had traveled to Missouri and Kansas as a young man looking for adventure. The Codys were a farming family in Iowa, but the death of Billy Cody's older brother sent the family to Kansas to start over. But the anti-slavery views of Isaac Cody were not welcome, and he was beaten and stabbed by an angry mob. When he eventually died from his injuries, Billy had to find work to support his mother and sisters. It was while he was a 12-year-old worker on a wagon train that Cody met James Hickok, about 10 years his senior. The older man saved Billy from being beaten by a bully, and the two became friends for life. They met again during the Civil War. Hickok originally served as a Union Army scout, but then he went behind enemy lines as a spy. Sometimes this got him into hot water. There were some close escapes. Cody claims that witnessed one of Hickok's dashing escapes. The Union and Federal forces were drawn up in a skirmish line near Fort Scott, Kansas, when Cody observed two men take off on horses away from the rebel position, and probably some 500 shots were fired at the flying men, with only one man, another of Hickok's unfortunate sidekicks, being felled. With Union troops returning fire, he made it safely to report to General Alfred Pleasanton that General Price's force was weaker than it appeared. Based on this intelligence, an attack was ordered, and it was successful in driving the Confederate Price back. Hickok and Cody scouted together for a time during the campaign. Then they went to Springfield, Missouri. Wild Bill and myself spent two weeks there having a jolly good time, as some people express it. By the way, how did each man get his new name? In the case of James Butler Hickok, he was already called Bill by most folks. Then something happened one day in Independence, Missouri, during the Civil War. As Hickok walked through town, he came upon a disturbance in a bar. He was told that the bartender had incautiously spoken in favor of the rebellion, and several drunken union-favoring patrons inside were beginning to show the bartender the error of his ways with a severe beating. Though far from sharing the man's views, Bill believed in fair fights, and peering inside, he saw this wasn't one. Drawing his pistols, Hickok stepped inside and told the attackers to back off. They did, because now they had a new target. As they moved at Hickok, he fired twice above their heads. I'll shoot the next man who comes at me, he told them. Grumbling, they went out the saloon door. That night, as Hickok sauntered past a meeting being held to organize a vigilance committee, several people noticed him. Apparently, his somewhat reckless defense of the outnumbered bartender had made the rounds. One woman shouted, Good for you, Wild Bill! A name fit for a frontier legend was born. With William Cody, he was rechristened after the war. A pursuit of several business adventures had panned out poorly for Cody as a previous hotel venture had, so he took to buffalo hunting for the Kansas Pacific Railway. 
The company had 1,200 employees working on laying track and related chores, and they had to be fed. There were plenty of buffalo around. Estimates at the time were that millions of the beasts roamed the Kansas plains, but a hunter had to be a good shot to kill efficiently and be ready to encounter Indians angered by trespassers on their traditional hunting grounds. Cody had plenty of experience evading and outwitting hostiles, but it was his prowess with a rifle in killing the animals plus the sheer number of kills that had witnesses referring to Cody as Buffalo Bill. The name stuck, and for the rest of his life, he would use it to promote whatever enterprise he was involved in, especially himself. Becoming your strongest financial self? Good plan. Northwestern Mutual's Guide to Good Financial Planning can help you balance spending and saving, set goals, and start creating the life you want to be living. Get it today at northwesternmutual.com slash goodplan. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. In the years after the Civil War, Hickok and Cody became close friends. Their trails crossed out on the prairie as both men served as Army scouts and Indian fighters and chased outlaws together as deputy U.S. marshals. When Cody married, his wife, Louisa, initially feared the tall and slender gunfighter, but Hickok charmed her as he did most women with his modesty and sincerity. Remember how Wild Bill saved Cody's life when that bully tried to attack him? The time came when Cody returned the favor. Late in 1868, Wild Bill was scouting for an army force of 300 men under General William Penrose through the Rattan Pass. This trek turned into an ordeal that was almost catastrophic. Snow had fallen regularly at the higher elevations since early November, and that made for slow going in the supply wagons that kept threatening to slide down the slopes. Sudden squalls blinded the men and their horses, and Hickok struggled to keep everyone on a narrow path worn over the decades by hunters. Frostbite attacked hands and faces. Campfires flickered before being doused by snow or extinguished by gusting winds. Supplies meant to last the entire journey were dwindling. The contingent finally made its way down to the Cimarron River, then turned south toward the Canadian River. By then, Penrose's men were frozen and exhausted and starving. The surrounding countryside was barren and bleak and covered with snow and ice. The only reason why Hickok might have been a little less concerned than the army troopers was he knew who was guiding the car column. If anyone could get those men in their supply wagons through, it was Buffalo Bill Cody. When the advance guard reached Polidora Creek, the soldiers set up camp. It made sense to give General Carr an opportunity to find them. Plus, with their food almost gone and most of their mules now dead, they could not go much further. Day after freezing day, the plight of Hickok and the soldiers grew more desperate. A rescue party had been dispatched, but it was slow going. We followed the trail very easily for the first three days, and then we were caught in freeze-out canyon by a fearful snowstorm, which compelled us to go into camp for a day, Cody recalled. The ground now being covered with snow, we found that it would be almost impossible to follow the trail left by the advance guard. General Carr picked Cody to lead four men to follow the trail, and the entire column would do its best to keep up. After a few more days, true starvation loomed. Hickok scanned the white, bleak landscape for any sign of life. Finally, he spotted one, and as it grew closer, he realized it was Buffalo Bill at the head of a squadron of troopers leading 50 mules loaded with supplies. The young man had sure repaid Wild Bill for confronting that bully years before. 
The camp presented a pitiful sight indeed, Cody observed. About the first man I saw after reaching the camp was my old, true, and tried friend, Wild Bill. That night, we had a jolly reunion around the campfires. What became the most well-known collaboration of the two legendary frontiersmen took place on the stage, including in New York City. In 1873, Hickok was out of a job, having finished up as Marshal of Abilene, Kansas. Buffalo Bill had won the Medal of Honor the previous year for valor and action against the Plains Indians, but with a wife and young children, Cody wanted a safer occupation. His friend Ned Buntline wrote a play titled Scouts of the Plains that would have Buffalo Bill, Wild Bill, and a pal named Texas Jack sit around a campfire and swap tales of their adventures on the frontier. At first, Hickok was glad for the work and, when the play proved popular, the steady paycheck. They took the play on tour around the country, including Broadway. But after a while, Hickok thought play acting was silly. Sometimes out of boredom, he'd take his pistols and shoot out the stage lights. Cody was not pleased with such unpredictable and destructive behavior, especially when payment for damage came out of his pocket. He and Texas Jack ad-libbed when Hickok went blank on stage or gagged on Buntline's dialogue. When they realized that Hickok gave a more natural and compliant performance after a few shots of whiskey, they encouraged imbibing before the curtain went up, until one night. One scene at Wild Bill, Texas Jack, and Buffalo Bill passing around a bottle as they sat at a campfire offering stories about adventures on the Great Plains. Fed up with the iced tea the bottle contained, Hickok suddenly spit it out and shouted, you must think I'm the worst fool east of the Rockies that I can't tell whiskey from cold tea. He then called off stage for someone to bring him a bottle of real whiskey. The audience cheered in agreement. The bottle was produced while Bill took a long pull and then told the story as casually as if he'd been sitting at a gaming table in an Abilene saloon. That was the good news. The bad news was, from that night on, Hickok wanted whiskey before and during each performance. His acting became even more unpredictable, and during his scenes with the Indian maiden Pale Dove, According to Cody, Hickok, quote, grew fonder of the heroine on stage than the script stipulated. Hickok left the stage for good and returned west. Soon, Cody would leave, too, and return to being an Army scout, though years later, his Wild West show would become very popular in the United States and Europe. The two friends would meet one more time in the summer of 1876, when Hickok was leading a group of prospectors and settlers into South Dakota from Cheyenne, Wyoming. During the caravan's journey, Wild Bill had one more opportunity to encounter his friend Buffalo Bill, who had left the stage and been pressed back into scouting because of the war with the Plains tribes. The paths of Hickok and Cody intersected at Sage Creek in eastern Wyoming. There was no beer-drinking frivolity for the old friends this time, though. Hickok was on a personal mission to Deadwood, and Cody and the cavalry troopers were in search of hostile Indians in the wake of the Little Bighorn Massacre of Custer and his men. They may have indulged in a sip of whiskey while wishing each other safe and productive travels. It had to have been a solemn parting, with Wild Bill and Buffalo Bill wondering if each would see each other again. It turns out they would not. As most of us know, it was in Deadwood, South Dakota, that Wild Bill was murdered by the coward Jack McCall. No one mourned his death more than Buffalo Bill Cody. To read more about the frontier adventures of both men, make sure to throw a lasso around my book Wild Bill, the true story of the American frontier's first gunfight. You've been listening to guest historian Tom Clavin. I'm your host, Giles Milton. Tune in to the Unknown History Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or at quickanddirtytips.com. Thanks for listening. are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! 
The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.